welcome to the Nittany Blues Podcast. By Penn State fans, for Penn State fans. Here are your hosts, Andrew and Vince. Welcome back to the Nittany Blues Podcast. We are here with uh, our tailgating expert uh, one this week. Uh, we got Bill here to uh, discuss the beautiful weather we're finally going to have that we've been waiting for all season. We haven't had uh, sunny skies since West Virginia, so it'll be nice. But unfortunately, we're down a member again. Uh, we are down with Fred, but uh, thankfully, it doesn't seem to be a, a season-ending podcast injury uh, we are going to play it like Coach Franklin, close to the vest, um, and we're we're going to hope to get him back uh, later in the podcast season. How are you guys doing today? Good. Yeah, good. Uh, we've had a couple of days to digest the Ohio State loss, so the sun did in fact rise on Sunday morning, so the world did not end. Um, our disappointment uh, was still there, but nevertheless... I have to say the Eagles actually like brought a little bit more back to life. <laughs> yeah. I was saying, I was saying to somebody, I forget who I was like between Penn state, the Phillies and just everything in between with that. If the Eagles laid an egg against the dolphins, I basically would have been apoplectic at that point. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely up and down. Uh, you know, Penn state brought us down. The Eagles brought us up. Phillies right back down and uh hopefully the Penn State sports are are able to lift us up this week. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, uh talk about like a an opportune get right game uh here against Indiana. Um it's uh I mean I don't know, it's just like everything now is just so uh hyper focused on Michigan now, you know, whether that's fair or not. But I mean that's just kind of the next big measuring stick uh for the team, which I mean that's actually a good segue here. I got a I got a question for you guys. What do you think of the uh the sign stealing investigation thing that's going on with Harbaugh and crew? So I'm not really surprised by this. Uh just teams in general are are trying to get an edge. But at the same time it doesn't seem like a terrible idea on Michigan's part because what are they going to do? What's the NCAA going to do about it? They're, they're going to get a little slap on the wrist. They're not going to lose like 90% of their NIL money. They're not going to like take away their big 10 championship or like college football playoff appearance. They're not going to like hand it over to Purdue or say Ohio state's big 10 East champions. That's just not going to happen. You, you've seen that with, you know, the Bill Belichick and Spygate and filming Eagles practices the year they won the Super Bowl. Like, nothing got done. Like, it's always a little slap on the wrist. So, it makes sense. Uh, and if you look at their game against TCU, uh, my one friend made a really good point uh, about this. He said, Michigan looked great in all of their games except TCU. And they had people going in person to these games trying to steal signals uh who is the one opponent that they did not know who they were going to play this year that would be tcu so they were unprepared they did not have a great performance so uh i think 
all of it seems to make sense. And, uh, you know, do I think anything's going to happen? No, not really. They're going to get a little slap on the wrist and, you know, nothing, nothing's going to be done about it. Like they're not going to be held out of the, the big 10 championship this year. If they went out, like that's just not going to happen. They're not going to be held out of college football playoff. It's just one of those things that it is what it is. And I don't think the NCAA is going to do anything about it. See, that's where I think we're going to have to disagree because I think they're using this, uh, as their way to really lay the wood to Harbaugh and that team. Like I said, I don't, like you said, I don't think they're going to keep them out of the big 10 championship this year or out of like the college football playoff this year, but we've seen them do uh, like uh, bring down harsher punishments for way, way less. And like what we saw, I mean, what is it now? 12 years ago, there's really no like bounds that the NCAA kind of keeps themselves in as far as like where their authority lies. And, you know, like, I don't think they're going to get the death penalty or anything, but I, I don't think that, uh, I don't think Harbaugh is getting out of this unscathed. And quite frankly, I think this is going to be his version of Pete Carroll to the NFL. He's going to see the writing on the wall. This is his last season at Michigan and he's going to get the hell out of there. Um, while all this is going on, because it just keeps getting like worse and worse as far as the the evidence coming out is concerned. And he either directly knew about it, um, which is damning in of itself. And if he didn't know about it, it's his job to know about it. So he's kind of complicit either way. So, I mean, I don't know. I, it, it, this is really kind of like unprecedented as far as like the, the current like era of college football. I just don't, I mean, like I said, we saw, we saw instances of like Tez Walker being held out of like playing for, uh, for North Carolina because of like transfer rules and stuff like that. So if they think that Harbaugh is trying to like make a mockery of their institution, I don't think they're just going to take that line down. Yeah. We'll agree to disagree there. Bill, what do you think? Uh, I think this is, I don't think anything's going to come of this. And the reason why is because of, I just think the NCAA slow walks everything and you know, their investigation is going to take forever. And I do think that you're probably going to get something like he's going to be suspended for like a couple games. If I, I sort of kind of agree with Andrew in the fact that it really feels like if Michigan doesn't get it done this year, that Harbaugh bolts. Um, but I just, I just think that usually these kind of things, uh, even, even Deion Sanders is like, he goes, yeah, you can come scout us all you want and you still got to stop it. And so it just feels like a thing where, Next year, it won't surprise me, is if college football starts to institute like the NFL with, you know, you know, uh, radios and helmets. And then all of a sudden, that is like the thing now. And then so therefore, what Michigan did is not kind of a thing anymore. And it just it just seems like something that is a big deal to talk about and everything. But. I, I truly don't expect anything major to come from it. Although, I mean, it is pretty uh, uh, interesting. The one, I like the one of the pictures of Harwell didn't know this guy. And there's this dude, which actually the guy has a really cool name, Stallions. 
Is his last name? Stallions. <laughs> yeah, it, Connor Stallions. And that, imagine that in the Gus Johnson. <laughs> Connor Stallions stealing the yeah. yeah, Connor yeah. Stallions sounds like an MMA fighter. But, uh, uh, you know, I guess there's pictures of him standing next to, like, Michigan's, like, co-defensive coordinator and, like, next to his co-offensive coordinator. And he had, like, this sheet with, like, hand signals and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. But um, I, it, just, it seems like something that, yeah, it's a big deal, or it seems like it, it should be a big deal, but I just get the feeling that this is going to be um, – something that's just going to not turn into much of anything. I think the, the big driving factor here is because it is Michigan and, and Harbaugh because they've kind of shown recently that they're willing to kind of go after him or just kind of put stuff down as far as like official probes or investigations for things as mundane as hamburgers. So I just, like, I don't think <laughs> yeah. that, I don't think they're going to lose any scholarships like this. This is not on the players, but I'm expecting a pretty big fine and I'm expecting like um, some suspension of Harbaugh either levied by the NCAA or by the school itself like it did with the hamburger thing. Yeah, so he's going to skip, you know, like Chattanooga next spring or something. (laughs) Yeah, right. Some non-conference games. It's like, all right, whatever, like. Like if that's the consequence, like people are gonna yeah. do it. Like you see that's here, the consequence. Like be like, all right, I'll, this is fair game. Here, here's one of the things that you gotta remember is this: this whole thing is driven by money and the almighty dollar. And so is the is the the playoff championships and the Big Ten and their new media deal and stuff. Are they really gonna crucify and penalize one of their cash cows? that's part of this deal. And it's just, it, it, I know it sucks, but it usually comes down to, you know, are we really gonna, are we really gonna do something to jeopardize the, the, the cash value of, uh, of our television contract and our media rights and stuff. And that's why I think that this thing is going to be as minimal a penalty as absolutely possible. Okay. So yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what, we'll see what comes of this. Cause I mean, like I said, it seems like every day there's something new that, that comes from this. Like there's a new picture, there's new evidence, there's a new video or audio capturing or something like that. So, um, we don't need to spend too much time on this. So I have a, I have a couple other questions here for you guys, but no, it will be awesome though. When you get the picture of Harbaugh buying this dude a cheeseburger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'll, that'll be the icing on the cake. Um, so yeah, um, I have a couple of like, you know, I guess I'll say relative to what we've talked about in the past, some like hard hitting questions about the program, its performance against certain teams and stuff like that. Because now, you know, kind of we we've seen the script play out so many times before. Um, so I'm not going to ask you guys like what your thoughts are on the game and stuff like that. So I want to get more direct. So I want to ask you guys, who do you think is most to blame for offensive struggles for Penn State. And that could be Franklin, it could be Yursich, it could be it could be Aller, it could be the line, it could be anybody you want. But I want to know your thoughts on like who you think is like kind of the most culpable uh for the fact that like Penn State couldn't get anything going offensively. So Vince, you wanna start us off? Uh for me, like 
it's tough to really point the finger at somebody because all the areas were, were so bad. Like you heard Drew say it in his post game press. He's like, yeah, I sucked. Well on that day. Yeah. He was not a good quarterback offensive line. Didn't give him a lot of time. Wide receivers didn't get open. Um, you know, <clears throat> the running backs didn't get many touches. You, you look at, uh, you know, your and Franklin for that. They on third and short, they wouldn't run a QB sneak, which they had great success with against Iowa, you know, another really talented defense. So for me, it's, it's just really shared responsibility because really no one really shined. Uh, I can't really point to, I don't know, like, I don't Nick Singleton had a couple good runs. Like the tight ends had a couple good catches. Like nothing was really good about that offensive performance. Uh, they didn't convert a third down to like the last 50 seconds of the game when it didn't matter. So I, I think the responsibility goes all the way around. I, I think the number one problem was wide receivers not getting open. Uh, for me, that that was the, the biggest area. Uh, what do you guys think? I was just like, okay, it's bad all around, but like, if you have to make me pick one, I'd say wide receivers. What do you guys think? I agree with basically everything Vince said. Um, but the big, the biggest thing to me was that it literally was like, I don't know what our plan was. It was like, we had no plan. Like we were just like, I, I swear to God, it felt like I could call that game the way we were calling it. And, you know, it made no sense to me when we were like, oh, we're trying to confuse them. I don't know. But it's like we would we would run and pick up six yards and we'd run and pick up six yards and then we'd pass three times and fail. And I feel like it's just like I, I don't know what uh, I don't know what our plan actually was. Yeah, I agree with Vince and everything. It's like our receivers can't get separation. I've said it forever. Give me the best quarterback in the world, make him run for his life, and he doesn't look like the same person. And to me, Drew looked like a deer in the headlights. Um, and the only other thing I can think of is the one that I would actually lay, just like Vince. You, you can't lay it on one single thing. It was like a comedy of errors, the entire thing. Um, but, um, you know, like like your six. Like, what the hell was your plan? <laughs> it just seems like we had no real plan. And it seems like he's trying to force a plan, which is why we don't understand what this team actually can is good at and can do, is because it's almost like the game plans that he brings up does, doesn't put Drew in a position to actually be good, nor any of our other players. And it's like, you know, we're, we're, we've succeeded so far up to this point just because our athletes are better than everybody else. But when, when you get down to, you know, like abilities and stuff, that's where the actual like plan comes in. And it's like, we have no plan. So I honestly don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm just like, I, you know, I, I was more, I was not, you know, upset at losing uh you know at, at, at you know fall into that but i was kind of disappointed in the fact that our defense held for 20 points how much do you freaking want out of a team like that you gotta score 21 <laughs> you know what i mean like that doesn't seem like that much to ask for. 
No. And you know, it beyond even that, it's it's not even that hard to or that big a thing to ask for a drive. You know, just don't go three and out every single drive for the better part of like 30 minutes of a football game. And that game looks a hell of a lot different. But yeah, right. so for me, I'll be I'll be a little more direct. I, I think this goes to Franklin because he's an offensive guy. He spent, you know, a lot of his coaching career coaching wide receivers. He was a quarterback like he's he's always been an offensive guy. And they had three weeks to prepare this game plan for this game. Like there was really not like there wasn't anything exotic that Ohio State was throwing at them. They were just getting good pressure off the edge. They were making Drew uncomfortable and they were just kind of taking the opportunities that the offense was giving to them, which was a total lack of rhythm, total lack of cohesion on their play calling and stuff like that. And I mean, yeah, like your sister is a huge part of like creating that plan and putting it into action as the offensive coordinator. But at the end of the day, like the, the, you know, the buck stops with, with James. So, you know, and like, we've seen like how many times have we seen Penn state like have these, you know, these performances against an Ohio state team. I mean, sometimes it comes down to Ohio state just making a heroic like last second drive and stuff like that. But we've seen a good handful of times like where Penn state, you know, um, just look completely like outmatched. And that wasn't the case on the defensive side. It was the case on the offensive side. And if you have three weeks to prepare and like your, your whole message that you're preaching to everybody is like, Oh, like our offense is fine. Like we're completely happy, like with where we're at and stuff like that. It, you know, that those two things just don't add up in my mind. And we've seen, we've seen coordinators come and go over, you know, the course of a decade now. And, you know, outside of one outlier, the result has always been the same. So there's a common denominator in my Mm -hmm. mind here. And I'm not even saying that as like a thing to say, we got to get rid of them because I do not even remotely think that that is the case. Like Penn state is incredibly lucky to have James Franklin as their coach. But for this particular game, I just think that, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's just kind of where, um, where, you know, for better or worse, that's kind of where most of the fingers get pointed to. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So it, it was, it was exactly like, um, when I was watching that, it reminded me of this literally seemed like Penn State's 2015 offense. Like, yeah, like we, like we couldn't do anything. Like we didn't know what to do. <laughs> well, and for me, like the, the most disappointing thing, like offensively is, you know, we've kind of been asking ourselves this question all season long of like, what is Penn State's offensive identity? And the truth of the matter is, like, when we're coming up against a half-decent team, the answer is we don't really have one. Like, we're going to run a couple of plays. We're going to run a couple of plays, and some of them work. You know, like, we were having some good good success with, like, rushing Nick to the outside, and we ran that, like, two times in a single drive, got 16 yards off those two plays, and then we never saw that play again the entire rest of the game, even in the fourth quarter when – the result of the game was still up in the air. In fact, in the right. third, in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter, um, Nick Singleton and Catron Allen combined three touches. They touched the ball right. three times when Drew was struggling throwing the ball all game long. And so, to me, that that's just like it's just so baffling, like how you don't like recognize that and just course correct yourself a little bit just to say because I mean, if like if you're throwing spaghetti against the wall and all these passes aren't work, why not throw a little bit more spaghetti in the form of like, you know, running the ball a couple more times, you know, like I understand you're trying to eat up some yardage and stuff like that, but 
you're not getting that with your passes. Why not try it with like a right. run or two? Right. Well, the other difference is, is that Marvin Harrison Jr. is probably the best receiver on the planet right now. I mean, that guy is unbelievable. Yeah. I still hear Maserati Marv in my nightmares, though. Oh, that, that, I, I literally turned off the volume on the television set because I, that, that just, I, I turned off the volume. I watched it in silence. Yeah. It seems like a lot of people out there weren't like really riding with, uh, with Gus on that too. Like everybody had an article out there that's like, come on, come on, Gus. Like, let's not try to make this a thing. Oh, he's like the modern day Keith Jackson in the fact that Keith Jackson, he was such a freaking homer as far as like he loved his Washington Huskies and he loved his USC Trojans. <laughs> it's like <laughs> and there's no doubt that you know who, you know, Gus likes and who Gus doesn't like. Mm. What are you saying that he is uh, in favor of the quote unquote world famous Ohio State Buckeyes? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Uh, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> oh, right. gosh. The only reason in the Big Ten game that, you know, he was excited about us is because we were more exciting at that point than Wisconsin. But, mm. <laughs> yeah. The Wizard. The Wizard. Yeah. No, he, he's had some all-time calls for Penn State, but I said to Vince during our last pod, I was like, if Penn State and Ohio State meet on Fox again, like, I don't know if I can listen to Gus and Joel again. Yeah. I mean, it actually turned the volume off. And it's like, I can't listen. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, obviously, you know, we saw what, what transpired, um, offensively. So, um, let me ask you guys this. Do you, does that game and like how it transpired change the way that you, your, does it change your thoughts or your expectations for the Michigan game? Because, Right now, the offense needs to like figure they got to get their ducks in a row. Um, Michigan looks great, sign stealing or not. Like they look, they look like a hell of a football team. So, um, what are your thoughts? Like, do you think that Penn State needs to do like a certain thing more or less, or do they need to kind of simplify things a little bit? Like, like kind of let things congeal a little bit in these two weeks uh, leading up to this game. Um, Vince, what are your thoughts? Like what, what does Penn State have to do to kind of right the ship a little bit here before this next big dog comes to town? Well, to be honest with you, I'm going to be quite blunt here. Uh, if our defense doesn't pitch a shutout like they did against Iowa, I'm, I'm not really liking our chances, uh, against Michigan. Michigan is a, you know, highly touted defense. JJ McCarthy's playing well. They have a nice running game. They're an extremely physical team. Uh, you have seen some teams like Rutgers like hang with them for half maybe. And then, you know, by the time the second half rolls around, like just the wear and tear of the run game gets to you. And that's how Michigan beats you and, and takes over the game. So uh, unless our defense plays out of their minds and holds Michigan to like less than 10 points. Yeah. I was going to say 10. I'm, I'm, I'm not liking our chances. Yeah. What about you, Dad? Uh, what are you like? What are your kind of initial thoughts? Um. Well, I think our defense. I think our defense is good enough. I think that that was the one thing about Michigan is we're home. Well, we've obviously seen that we're a bit different team at home than we are away. Is this a tall ask? Yes. Can it be done? I am not certain, but 
I don't know. You know me. You know, I refuse to go into something thinking that it's impossible. I think that – I don't think our defense needs to hold them to 10. I think if the defense plays – now, granted, the problem is, is that we don't have all the members that we started with for Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think our defense is hold is it's the offense. That's that's the question. Is can they actually put together some drives and score? If we actually could operate under what we've done so far, which is this long, you know, convert and move down the field kind of thing, we literally could steal possessions from, them. and anything's possible, you know. Do I predict we win? I ain't going to say that because I refuse <laughs> to, 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 I refuse to, to concede, you know, that it's impossible. It's not. And our defense is good. And Michigan hasn't really played anybody either. So and when we get to this game, until they get to Ohio State, we are the toughest defense that they play. So we True. don't really know what they're going to do. So yeah. anything's possible. And, and, and so I am optimistic about this one, you know, as much as it was in my heart on Saturday, you know, for this. And I pulled my weight and the defense pulled their weight. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I don't know yet. I just think we need to, we need to square things. We're getting ahead of ourselves because we need to square things this Saturday and just take care of business. Then we got another one that we truly have to take care of business. Yep. Uh, otherwise, we're going to lose twice, but we could lose twice because we can't look past Maryland because, yeah, they're Maryland. Yeah, you know, you know, last time you and I were there, that was the, that was one of the funnest games I've ever been at. But, um, uh, you know, we need to take care of this before we get to that. And hopefully they, they remember that. And and maybe we'll get chopped back by that point. But I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so Vince, let me ask you this: um, If you were the offensive staff at Penn State, and knowing what you kind of know now about this offense and what you saw, what are some things that you would kind of do to retinker some things? Like I, I don't think any of us kind of think that they need to just completely scrap the offense, but. Clearly, they need to kind of maximize like certain parts that they already have because we know that there's like some potential in there. But I mean, like across the board, guys just need to play better. But like scheming wise, like what are some what are some things that you would try to implement? Uh, there's a lot of things I would do differently. Uh, probably first and foremost, I try to run the ball more, try to make Drew's job a, a little bit easier. Uh, second. I would really like to see them use their speed a little bit more, uh, not uh, not just horizontal vertically, but also horizontally. Get Nick moving to the side and use his speed. Uh, I think that's something that could really benefit the offense. Mixing that in more, I'd like to see the wing T again. That play had great success last year, uh, so bring it back. Um, you got third and short. Run, run the brotherly shove. Do that. Yeah, it, it worked every time against Iowa. Why are we getting away from something that works? So I like to see that a little bit more. Um, those are probably my, my main points. Uh, I, I think they've been doing a good job trying to get tight ends and wide receivers involved. Uh, 
for me, that that's the things I really want to see running the ball a little bit more, uh, using the speed more like side to side, maybe even getting Keandre Lambert on a, you know, a sweep going through, through, through to the other side. I think that would be really beneficial. And then bring back the wing T bring back the touch parts. I'm all for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, going away from something that works just kind of seems to be the MO for the Penn state offense at times. So, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, dad, are you on the same page with Vince? Like more runs, make use of, uh, horizontal speed as opposed to like relying on some of those receivers to create a ton of separation down the field? Well, yeah, for the most part. I mean, like on Saturday, you know, Drew, I, I asked, did I, I did I not text you and say, I think he may need glasses because he seemed to be off exactly the same amount every single time. Um, there was a few plays there that could have turned the tide on that game had those passes hit. I mean, especially that one to Tyler Warren, there was nothing but green ahead of him when he threw the ball behind him and Tyler couldn't catch it because it was behind him. Um, so I, I think we need, we, we need better production of our tight ends is what I think. And, um, I, you know, these people like chuck it down field and all this kind of stuff. Well, I don't think we actually take enough shots. It's like they don't trust him to throw the ball deep. Now, granted, maybe they know more than we do because they see these people every day and they know what they got. But I don't know how much it is of them trying to protect Drew and or just trying to keep it within what he does well. I don't know. We need to, we need to do something a little bit different. But yeah. then again, the flip side is, is that, you know, we're talking about you know, a team that's, we've won, you know, this many games. <laughs> we just lost one. And, you know, in the end, maybe we end up 10-2. and two. You know, so who knows? But we're going to end up 11-1 and one because we're beating Michigan. But we got to take <laughs> care of the stuff the next two years. <laughs> got it. All right. Yeah, so you're, you're still confident. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yep. I'm going to wear my stripes. My trike bibs that I won at the, uh, at the yes, <laughs> the overalls. Well, I mean, yeah. that's a stripe out game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, striped out uh, overalls for the stripe out game. Yep, <laughs> perfect. As long as it's not, as long as it's not raining, because I just actually washed all of my clothes that were covered in mud, my rain gear and everything from Iowa. That was yeah. a freaking mess. For us, oh my god, yeah. I was gonna ask you, do you did you get like an update on like all the mud that was just on like the canopy and stuff from the tailgating setup? Uh, Honestly, I did not ask (laughs) (laughs) because I felt I felt bad that we had to come home, and normally I, you know, we would we would have been there overnight, and I would have helped Fred in the morning. So I know Fred's not on the podcast or whatever, but. Trust me, what Fred did all by himself was a lot because yeah, that that thing was a mess. Everything was wet. We got stuff. We got stuff. You know, we we got some stuff out, but not everything out. So Fred cleared that out all by himself that week, and everything that's like either cleaned or dried, he did all by himself. So that guy puts in a lot of work to make what we do each weekend happen. 
Yeah. Sometimes it's a it's a thankless job, but he's a big cog in the machine. Right. Well, yeah, he, he's right the quarterback now. of the tailgate. He he's our he's our MVP. I'm looking right now at the box that the speakers come in and it's covered in mud and I refuse to clean it off. Like that's going to be there for the rest of the season or whatever. That's Iowa mud on there, which is funny because, you know, the last stuff that we had that had mud on it was from Iowa. So uh, there you go. I'm sensing a trend. (laughs) Yeah. I don't like those guys. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Join the club. (laughs) But all right. Uh, Vince, you got anything else here on Ohio State or anything else before we move on to Indiana? You got any other uh, discussion points? Yeah, maybe a quick question for you guys. Uh, uh, some of, some uh, some of our fans brought this up to me. Uh, they said, "Is Franklin worth the money? Uh, he's just going to go ten and two every year. We're mm. feeding these cupcakes like Northwestern, Illinois, etc." But it's it just it's been a trend over a long period of time. It's we always lose to Ohio State. We always lose to Michigan. Uh, so I want to give you guys a platform. Do you think uh, Franklin is worth the money for to be a, a 10 and two coach uh, consistently? Dad, you can go first with that. Well, the people I work with would like nothing more than to have Franklin gone. Um, but they uh and I always ask him the same question. Fine. Who do you, who do you want? I mean, he, he recruits well. Um, yeah, we can't get over. We can't get over, you know, doesn't seem lately we can get over these two. But, you know, next year, the Big Ten is completely different. And we're not playing these two teams each year. So I guess we'll, we'll see. I mean, coaches cost what coaches cost. And. I, I just think that he is he's a good he seems like a good recruiter. It seems like the the players want to play for him and everything. So I'm just like it is what it is. And and I I would not change from that. Um just based on a couple of losses to I mean like you know, we could we could have had, you know, we could be Georgia and lose to Ohio state um, just because of a couple of plays. We, we lost by one score. Granted the way you watch the game, it didn't feel like one score, but it was literally one score. Mm-hmm. So um, no, I think, I think we would stick and that's, I think that'd be the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm in agreement here. Um, I understand the frustration and, you know, upset fans and stuff like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, like what Franklin has accomplished in 10 years at Penn State is pretty extraordinary. Um, you know, he he won. I mean, just to throw out like a simple, you know, stat line here or just a data point, because every everybody like like the the standard that everybody holds a Penn State coach to is Joe Paterno. Like whether that's right or wrong, he is always the benchmark. Within he lost a, to Ohio State way more times than Franklin has. Not and not not only that, I have seen live. I have seen live Penn State teams coached by Joe Paterno lose to Toledo. So, 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 so on top of that, James Franklin has accomplished certain things that took 
Joe Paterno like nearly 30 years of coaching to do, i.e. winning the Rose Bowl. So like, yes, has his teams come up short in these games against Ohio State and Michigan? Like, yes, there's no like kind of hiding from that fact. There's no like you can't just like erase that record like from the thing. But when you talk about the money and like what he's being paid, I would argue that there's a lot of other coaches out there who have been paid similar or even more who have done less. And that's especially true in the SEC because they love to pay their coaches out at SEC. They don't care what the buyout is. They don't care how much money is thrown around because the way that they operate is like, okay, if this doesn't work, we're just going to like give him, we're just going to quietly give him his money and go like throw money at another coach. Like that's always been the model. And that's just, that's their, that's their thing. Like I'm not going to like rag on it or anything like that, but you know, in a similar vein to what dad was saying, like with like, who do you want to get? My question is like, okay, so if you say you want to like shift gears, you want to go get another coach and stuff like that. What if all of a sudden, like, you know, in two years from now, he's not able to beat like Washington and Oregon and USC and UCLA and all the, and these new teams, including Ohio state and Michigan. Like how many times are we just going to like reshuffle these things when the only benchmark for success, it seems like, is beating these teams that are perennial top five teams. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't think that you can, it's a, it's just an easy, like, transplant somebody else and you can, like, expect certain things. And so then what are we going to do? We have a huge buyout. So are we just going to turn into, like, Ole Miss here? Are we just going to, like, pay Franklin's buyout, get a new guy and in four years if we don't, like, see the success? Are we just going to do that over and over? Like, that that's just not... Like that to me is just like it's one not sustainable. Two, like that just doesn't like to me seem like it's a recipe for success. So I think like yes, it's completely reasonable um to be upset right now, but I personally think that Franklin has been worth the money. But Vince, are you on the same page? Yeah, definitely at this point in time, I think Franklin is worth the money. You you've seen a lot of uh, 10 and two seasons, a couple down seasons in there, but you know, all in all, this is a Penn state team. You you've seen make several New Year's six bowls. You've seen them win the, the cotton bowl, the fiesta bowl, the Rose bowl. You had another Rose bowl appearance the year. We should have been in, in the college football playoff. So, you know, all in all to have that five out of your 10 years, uh, not a terrible performance. And, uh, it, it is tough. It, Ohio State's just one of those teams. It's like playing Alabama every year. How many programs beat Alabama? Exactly. Like not many. And Ohio right. State's in that same caliber. And, and Michigan has kind of been like Georgia and kind of rose to that standard in, in the past couple of years. So uh, what we need to do is try to figure out how to get up there. And it, it, it's a challenge. And I think that the uh, realignment of the, the Big Ten is going to really show us how good Coach Franklin is because everyone's like, oh, well, he beat like Illinois and Northwestern. We don't really care because it's it's another team. But when we can get some more high quality opponents that are ranked, like a Washington, a USC, an Oregon, all those teams are ranked fairly highly, but they're not to the acumen of an Ohio State or a Michigan right now. So I do think it'll be fun to see how we stack up against those teams. So that way we can get a, a more accurate assessment of how good coach Franklin really is and how good Penn state is as a football program. And I think yeah, Georgia is the perfect, like is the perfect example here. 
for years. They couldn't even touch Alabama. You look at those Mark Richt coached Georgia teams, they would get crushed by Alabama year in and year out. Now the now the roles have have switched. Like it's not like this isn't just like a quick like put in a new guy and see like what it'll happen. Like that's what Ole Miss has done. That's what LSU has done. That's what Auburn has done now. Like, cause they, cause they all want to like try to beat this like one team and it, that has like a 5% success rate. You know, it's just, it's so easy to say, no, we, we need him gone because he can't beat these teams. Like there's plenty of other examples um, out there that, you know, they just, they're like, of course they're frustrated about their lack, lack of success against a certain team as well. But you know, they've tried this method that everybody's like clamoring for and it still doesn't work. Yeah. And then like, you also have a lot of guys who they go to the program to play for coach Franklin. Then you have players entering the transfer portal. You lose a lot of talent players on the current roster. Don't know if they want to play for this new guy or not. And it just opens a, a can of worms. I, I feel like, and it's really tough to, to get that almost like consist, like it just messes up the consistency that we've built up within the program. Like if, if we go 10 and two, like, yeah, it's like ultimately not what you want, but like, it's not like we're Michigan state where we have like these really good years and now we're down to like below 500. Exactly. Well, those years were flukes for Michigan state. And, and the one thing that you also have to consider is that Penn state is a, it's a certain culture that we have. And the one thing that I think Franklin is, is he fits our culture. He understands it. He wants to be a part of it. It's that he, this dude isn't here. I mean, granted, he's here because he's getting paid. But I think he truly wants to, he loves it. And he wants to be a part of it. And that's, you know, that's, I think that means something too, is the fact that he, he truly, you know, cares about the whole thing about the school, the image, the state, the thing. He he cares about all of it. Yeah, I mean, he said it in his in his introductory press conference back in 2014. He literally said, "I'm a Pennsylvania boy with a Penn State heart." Yeah, he wanted to play, <laughs> but he wasn't good enough. And those are the guys you want in your program because then you don't have to worry about them leaving to the NFL, like or to like another Power Five program. You want guys. We don't want like a repeat of a Michael Shrewsbury on the, in the football program. Like you want right. PA guys who are high quality can mm-hmm. perform, can win that are going to be here for a long period of time and can build that consistency and build up a, you know, a tradition of excellence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and as, as much as we heard about Ohio state, you're saying about USC, we could beat them tomorrow. Oh yeah. Yeah. That no, defense, I'll take Penn state over. Yeah. I'll take Penn state over USC right now. <laughs> oh yeah, Utah yeah. just destroyed Caleb Williams. Like, ooh, they were all over the I mean, Next year is going to be freaking wild because we're going to get our chance against USC. Yeah, and we get to play Ohio State again, yep. and we got UCLA coming, and we got Washington. In Washington, coming. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Michael Penix has some kind of extra year or something that he's going to have because he's been around for like nine years. <laughs> nah, he's <laughs> gone. Who knows? He's going to the NFL. He'd be a fool not to this year. His stock yeah. is never going to get higher. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about Indiana because obviously Penn State needs to get themselves back in the win column, build up some momentum for the eventual showdown with Michigan coming up here. 
Uh, so let's just do some general thoughts on the on the game. Dad, what do you uh, think of this matchup? Do you think Indiana really gives Penn State like a ton of fits? Penn State's a huge favorite. So what are your thoughts? Well, I think that um, it's funny how we go from a game where we're like four point dogs to like thirty point favorites. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I I would hope that we just come out and take care of business, and and that's that's pretty much it. I mean, you don't have any, you know, like, you know, keys to the game or anything like that. Just come out, play your game, and Drew hit the passes you're supposed to hit. Receivers and tight ends catch the passes that you're supposed to catch. Now, granted, and they need to be like catchable, but that's that's all. That's all we really. I think we really need to do is just play the way we played before. Yeah, uh, Vince, what about you? Uh, all in all, for Indiana, just take care of business. Offensively, this isn't a great Hoosier squad. I think our defense is going to do. A uh, really good job of taking care of business, getting after the quarterback, uh, good opportunities to create turnovers offensively. I think this is a, a good game to try to get right. Uh, Indiana, in terms of yard per games, is uh, 61st in the country. So I think this is, a, you know, obviously not an Ohio State-level defense, but this is a respectable defense. So I think this is a, a really good game for Penn State's offense to really get back on track heading into uh, Maryland and Michigan where you're going to be going up against uh, some more explosive offenses. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, like you said, dad, Penn state's like a 30 point favorite here. Um, do you think they cover? Yeah, I do. Wait, hang on. 32. 32. Yeah. That's the uh, currently. No, I don't have them covering 32. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that extra two is the, <laughs> the straw that put the camel's back on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have them covering 31. All right, cool. Uh, Vince, what about you? 32. Is that, um, is that mountain too big to climb? I think they can cover it. Penn State's usually pretty good at, against the spread and they're, they're back home. So uh, I'm going to be the optimist once again. This is like a, an odd, odd thing to happen, but yeah. I'll be optimistic here. Well, yeah, I mean, you're going to be the you're going to be on your island here because I don't think they cover this. <laughs> that should be a new segment, Vince's Island. <laughs> yeah, the one time, right? Yeah, when all when everybody else thinks one thing about a spread or a final score or something like that, Vince Vince will tell you the other side of the story. Absolutely, I was wrong. I was wrong against Ohio State though. Like nobody scored. I thought that was going to be a much. I mean, yeah, we were all wrong. Game. <laughs> we were all wrong, man. Yeah. Um, are you taking the scores up today or like the open? Because the opening was like 30 and a half. Yeah, it moved up I to saw. 32. No, yeah, Vince was right uh, on that. Because my score that I wrote down was us covering. But if you make it 32, then now we're not. I got you. <laughs> yeah, so Vegas uh, became a little more optimistic a couple days after, I guess. Um. So, okay. So you got him covering 31. Uh, what do you say the final score is? 48-17. All right. That's Very a nice. good score. Um, so Fred's out today. So I'll do Fred's prediction here. So Fred's prediction, his final score is 45-6. to six. Uh, He's doubling down on his communion prediction from the previous week. Uh, he thinks Nick Singleton will have exactly 136 rushing yards. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
for punishment, he's going to do an extra shot of fireball for every 10, 10 yards short. Holy cow. Are we talking communion cup shots or like uh, real co- shots? Co- uh, communion cup shots. Okay. Yeah. We need him to drive the van, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, That's man. funny. Uh, yeah, so I, I, like I said, I don't think Penn State covers this. I got them winning 41 to 14, though. I think that uh, Penn State wins this comfortably. Um, but all right, so we got Fred's communion prediction. Vince, what's uh, what's yours this week? All right, my communion prediction, and I, I guess I'll just throw my final score in here because uh, it oh, kind of goes along with it. Got it, okay, yeah. Or you guys can have me go last, and I'll be the first one to. Or no, you guys already said the score, so I'll, I'll go ahead. Yeah. Um. So I predict that Penn, the Penn State defense, is going to have their third shutout of the season at home, and you are going to have Penn State winning thirty-four to nothing. Cool. Wow. All right. Yeah, I like it. Indiana's uh, a basketball school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Didn't we beat them in basketball last year? Uh, twice. Yeah. Yeah. We always seem to have their number in basketball for some reason. Uh, like we're always way below them in the standings, but when they're head to head, it's usually Penn state. Hmm. So, all right, dad, community prediction. What do you got? Mine's very simple. Drew Aller is going to complete. <laughs> Drew Aller is going to complete 75% of his passes. Yeah. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Go back to West Virginia and, uh, get that stat line from there. And, uh, he probably had that against Delaware too. Right. Yeah, but this is a Big Ten team, so. Right. Uh, cool. So my community prediction, I'm, I'm riding high with this defense, man. So I think the defense scores a touchdown in this one. I'm, And for my extra like flavoring, I'm predicting a strip sack by Adisa, picked up by Denai Dennis Sutton, um, somewhere inside the 10-yard line, and he just basically, you know, <laughs> somersaults into the end zone. <laughs> hopefully there's not yeah. a hold. Hopefully there's not a holding on this one. Oh, my God. Yeah. I dude, yeah, that I, was hard. I love like I just love like some of the stupid comments that people put on like Twitter immediately following a play because like so I forget who it was, but then you had like this random fan. I don't know if they were like for Ohio State or if they were just like a neutral fan or something and be like, oh, I'll bet that guy feels silly for running that back now. It's like, what the heck was he supposed to do in the moment? Like look back to see if there was a flag before taking yeah. off down the field. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that was just, oh, that was a heartbreaker. That game would be so different if there wasn't yeah. that holding penalty. Like, yeah, he just committed the penalty at the worst time. Like, even if he didn't hold Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, I'm thinking that's a McCord strip sack or strip six anyway. Like, it's just, yeah, man, the worst timing. Because that point in the game, you're 10-3. And even in the fourth quarter, Ohio State had 13 points. So yeah. you're within eight minutes and you got, uh, you know, we'll punt that instead of going for it. I'm sure because the defense had been great all day and maybe they get it back and can just pull something together for a touchdown and they win, you know, 17, 13 or 17, 16, maybe we hold them to a field goal. Like it's just, man, that play was the, you know, the biggest hypothetical and, you know, Franklin and us, we talked about it too. The games like that come down to like, you know, four or five plays that like that game was literally like one play. Like that was like the yeah. biggest, uh, really huge, significant impact. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's like, if you look at like the whole pie of like, 
you know, significant plays and moments throughout the entire game, that's probably three fourths of it. At least. I'd, say, I'd say that's like 90%. Like that mm. was the play. Yeah. I would like also throw happened, in there. I was like, we're, we're, we're not winning. Like I just knew in my gut, I'm like, Oh, this is going to be a long day. <laughs> I know it, it, just, it just had a bad feeling to it, but, uh, okay. So we got, so we're across the board in terms of, uh, winning this game. We got some optimism going. Um, so we're, we're back at home now. So, uh, what's the tailgating plan here, dad? What's, uh, what's, what's the food going to be? Well, thank God it's going to be dry because that, alleviate some of the stuff we have to bring um we've kicked this around a couple of seasons we did bake potato bar like two seasons ago but this year or this seat this game um we're, we're going to do a mashed potato bar and so obviously we have massive amounts of mashed potatoes and then we're doing popcorn chicken and all different kinds of things to put in mashed potatoes. Like we're bringing corn and gravy. Um, your mother's making homemade stuffing. So you can put all that stuff in, in the, in the uh, mashed potatoes if you want. Bailey's doing pulled, pulled pork. Um, and the one thing, since we have mashed potatoes and stuff, remember at the U S open when we couldn't find anything to eat, but that place had knishes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so that's what we ate for breakfast. I got croissant like rolls, like the sheets, and I'm going to take the mashed potatoes and some some cheese and try and make knishes in the air fryer. I think it'll work. And it can't be bad. It's like croissant roll potatoes and cheese. So how how bad could it be right. if it doesn't actually work? But <laughs> we're going to try. I'm going to try and make knishes. Uh, yeah, that sounds good. Oh, uh, am I? Uh, is this a Vince's Island thing? So, I I do not like stuffing. I I don't like stuffing. Never have. Well, you don't have to eat it. Is no, I'm just saying. Like, is this a thing where like I'm on my island here? Is this Vince's yeah, Island segment? I'm not not a stuffing fan. I think you are. Well, <laughs> hang on a second. Hang like, on a second. I know. Did I know. Like not... every everyone loves it, but I I don't like it. No, yeah. no, no, no. Hang on a second. Did you not eat breakfast mess? At West Virginia? Uh, I did not. You didn't? Because Chris's, Andrew's mom's uh, stuffing was in the breakfast mess. It's okay. part of the, it's part of, it's part of the whole thing. I think for like West it's Virginia, like, I only ate uh, buffalo chicken dip because Bailey, <laughs> Bailey went to like the grocery store at like midnight on a Friday to like make that. Yes. <laughs> yes. So we did like pull pork and. And buffalo chicken dip, and but we made breakfast breakfast mess is your is your is your mom's stuffing and potatoes and eggs and sausage and it all gets together and it's really really good. Yeah. But anyhow, no, you don't have to eat the stuffing, although you are on an island because it is really good. Yeah, yeah. I am on an island with stuff. I'll definitely enjoy like the mashed potatoes, the chicken, the gravy, corn. I love all that. I uh, just never been, never been a stuffing guy. I uh, just Vince, is it something it. about like the extra ingredients? Like, are are you like also not like a huge fan of bread either? Like, just in general, and butter. Well, I, I I'm not trying to be sarcastic. Like, I'm genuinely curious. Uh, I, so I, I'm more of a like a fan of like you know bakery bread, not like you know the sliced bread you get at the store. I, I never buy that stuff. 
Like I'm not, I don't really like sliced bread at the store, but like, I like a good, like, you know, ciabatta or like a French baguette, like kind of those, those like nicer artisan style breads I like, but I'm not a Man, fan your of your sandwiches like, must look crazy. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't, I don't make a ton of sandwiches. Uh, I do make, sometimes make my a homemade bread. Um, uh, so I'll make that sometimes, uh, a little healthier and I'll make rolls and stuff. So yeah, it's just, uh, I'm picky mm-hmm. when it comes to bread, I guess. What can I say? That's all right. We're all allowed oh. to be picky. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but although I can't believe that the stuffing wouldn't be a perfect part of the carbo load for triathlons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be. Trust me. Trust me. I, I am not lacking carbs in my diet. I get plenty. Uh, I, will, I will say, like, I've, I've been doing, like, intermittent fasting almost, like, with the exception of my morning coffee kind of like Franklin was, he, he was talking about that in his presser. So I don't know, if, you know, that that's maybe been the reason I've just, my body's gotten into the habit of that because I just haven't been hungry till like, you know, 10 or 11 o'clock. So I just haven't been eating breakfast. I've just been enjoying my coffee and then, you know, off I go to work and then I'm too busy to eat till lunch. So just so what been was having the- do two really big meals. What was the question that Franklin was asking everybody at that press conference? Is it like ice cream Sunday or like black coffee? Yeah, black coffee. So Vince, are you more on the spectrum of ice cream Sunday or black coffee? Uh, definitely ice cream Sunday. Uh, it's probably like I, I eat pretty good for the most part in my diet. Like uh, I'm pretty good at cutting out like, you know, added sugars and stuff. But like I always put like the I, I usually get like a plant plant-based uh coffee creamer and that has tons of sugar in it so like that's i i don't go like overboard like some people like i'm not putting like whipped cream and and stuff on it but like i'll you know i'll, I'll pour in some coffee made and then put the coffee on top like it's probably like three quarters to 80 percent like coffee and then like 20 percent creamer i'd say gotcha <laughs> maybe maybe a little less like i don't know so i feel like i'm a little in the more in the middle, but definitely closer to the ice cream Sunday side. Gotcha. <laughs> well, no, I I am coffee, black coffee, whole milk, just a little bit to actually change the color. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I used to I I started out by like needing like a ton of stuff, and sometimes I do enjoy it. But uh, you know, when I'm when I'm on like my second cup in the morning, usually I'll just like stick with a little bit of two percent in there. Um, but, uh, I never really go further than like 2% or whole milk and either just plain sugar or a Splenda. That's, uh, that's, I, and don't get me wrong. Like I, I'll, I'll enjoy like a, like a nice, like Dolce Latte at, uh, Starbucks and stuff like that. But my daily driver is more, it's more on the boring side, <laughs> but, uh, cool. Any, anything else, uh, food wise that's, uh, going on here? seems like we got the main dish, but uh, is there more buffalo chicken dip um, in the future? Uh, well, there is in the future. Uh, for this one, I there is not. Um, you know, the, the other, you know, main things that are normally at tailgate will be at tailgate. Um, but, you know, that's pretty much it. You know, we're doing this potato, mashed potato thing because we have, we're expecting as far as the numbers for the tailgate, a little bit, a smaller crowd. You know, we were we were going to do this last uh, last game, but 
you know, when we started looking at the numbers of people that we're actually going to have, I'm like, this is a lot of people for this kind of uh, a, a thing. And we just really can't turn out the amount of food required. So that's why we pushed it off to this one. Gotcha. Uh, cool. Vince, I assume you're going to be there. Yes, I'll definitely be in attendance. You got tickets? Uh, yep, I got a, got a ticket for the game. So I'll definitely be doing a, a couple communion predictions and uh, swinging by, of course, like always. Nice. Are you going to be uh, trying to go like recruit people or are you going to be more on like cup duty? I'll probably be on cup duty. We'll, we'll, we'll let the Pope do his thing. He, he does it so well and gets a big crowd. So That's shout true. out to the Pope. And uh, Sister Fires, Sister Ball, Sister Whiskey, they all do a great job. And if you want to know who those people are, you, you got to come to communion. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, everybody's welcome. <laughs> Lot 21. And then and then the second time that you come, you got to bring a friend. Yep, you always got to bring a friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously we do it every hour, but obviously this being a noon game, we usually uh, modify and so we'll see how it works out. But, um, you know, we have cut it down to 45 minutes or whatever. So like nine, I'm thinking like nine, I don't know. Maybe we'll do like a 930 and then a quick 10 and then 1030 and 11 and be done in that. I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll, see. We basically, we'll, we'll base it on who shows up. And, and <laughs> I have to say, like with the weather at the last game, I was actually astonished at how many people just showed up on their own Yeah. at, mm-hmm. at 10 o'clock. We were like, well, it's just going to be us. Do we really want to do it? And all of a sudden people are going to be like, are we doing this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, we are. So. It was like, it was like migrating birds. They just knew. <laughs> yeah, it was. And, uh, for Iowa, it wasn't bad and people showed up. I expected that, but for like the really pouring down rain we had for UMass, I, I was really impressed with how many people traveled. <clears throat> and yeah. congregated to to join communion. So definitely a a special uh thing that we have and looking forward to doing it on Saturday. Amen. Uh so with that, uh we've been at this for a while now. Dad, you got anything else that you want to throw out here before we wrap up? Nope. We're good. All right, cool. Uh well, thanks as always for being on. We got a couple more uh home games left this season, so we'll be welcoming you back here pretty soon. Okay. Thanks. Hopefully awesome. Fred will be here the next time yes. for Michigan, Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think, I think you've done a pretty, pretty damn good job of like holding down the fort on your own. Thanks. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, so um, I'm going to let Vince wrap up here, but just a couple of like housekeeping notes. Uh, all you listening out there, you can go to nittanyblues.com. That's our website. You can listen to all of our previous episodes there. You can check out our merch at shop.nittanyblues.com. You can learn how to support the show and help us grow and do cool things at nittanyblues.com slash support. Um, other than that, you can follow us on all forms of social media, but Vince, uh, take us home, my man. If you'd like to support the pod, please tell your friends, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you enjoy the show, please leave a five-star review so that other Nittany Lion fans like you can find us. Interested in new episodes? You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or other streaming platforms to be notified. Thank you for listening, and we want to remind you that we are the Nittany Blues Podcast. We'll see you next time.